Amen. Thank you, Ms. Simpson. Good to be in God's house this evening. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm really nervous tonight. But And when I get nervous, I just get funnier. None, none of what I'm saying tonight is supposed to be funny. Okay? If you laugh, great. But um, anyway, not going to start it real serious. All right? So you can laugh. It's no problem. Uh, I was up here singing, and... Uh, <clears throat> These musicians are good because the first part I stole Robbie's note. The second part I stole Nate's note. I didn't even know I could sing that part. But the real problem was it's usually Jenna that does it in the wrong key. So I was going to stop the whole thing and tell her, hey, is that the right key? If you didn't notice anything, that's a blessing. That's a good thing, all right? So someone told me, you shouldn't preach in a blue shirt. And uh, I said, well, okay. That wasn't Pastor Raul. But let me tell you something. Brother Saeed called me up, and he said, I have a shirt for you, I have a scarf for you, and I have a tie for you. Now, I've been knowing Saeed for about 12 to 15 years. Never did he give me anything <laughs> except a hard time? And let me tell you something. Saeed's a salesman. Jesus saved Saeed, and now he's a giver. <clears throat> so then, are you given? You know what Jesus does? He makes you a giver. Amen. We haven't even started yet. We're preaching on the home. All right. So you can look at my home. It's fine. We all make mistakes. Okay. We have to start somewhere. Right. Jeremiah chapter number six, verse number 16. If you'll stand, we'll read one verse, a very familiar verse. But a very sad verse at the same time. The Bible says, thus saith the Lord. Now, when the Lord speaks, we ought to pay even more attention. Thus saith the Lord. Here's the prophet speaking. And he says, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? And ye shall find rest for your souls, period. But they said, we will not walk therein. Let's pray. Brother Jamie, would you lead us? Amen. I promise to be short tonight. <clears throat> the last church I was in preaching, they gave me one of these little bottles of water. And so tonight they gave me a big one. 
that means that I can go longer, okay? So, Jeremiah chapter number 6, verse number 16, the, I believe that there needs to be a seriousness about our family's walk with God. And uh, we go to couples retreats, and that is to focus on our mate, and that's supposed to last all year. Uh, but we have kids, and there needs to be a walk with God and a talk with God about our families. Now, if you're single and you're here tonight, there is something for you. We'll get to it in a minute. You realize that you, where you uh, abide is your home, okay? So we're preaching about the home. Your home can be good. If you're arguing with someone and you're single, there is a problem, okay? So we're going to be talking about families, all right? Uh, tonight. So we need to focus on our family. We're living probably in the weakest generation that's ever been born. And I'm not talking about weak physically. I'm talking about weak minded, weak spiritually and weak hearted. It wasn't long ago. And listen, I don't mean to offend anybody tonight, but if I offend you, I'm sorry. So forgive me. And the Bible thing to do is forgive. Okay. So if I offend you, I'm sorry. It wasn't long ago. I was born in 1978. That's a long time ago. Don't add it up. All right. But my mom and dad did the best they could raising my family for God. It it was, there was a seriousness about it. Everything they did. Now, we have a weak generation. You know why we have a weak generation? It's because we haven't taught them anything. So, I'm just going to give you our schedule, what I remember, okay? Uh, <clears throat> we would eat things, and I always talk about food, but if, how many of y'all have ever had, uh, um, let's see, psyllium husks? Anybody? Yeah, all four of you, all right? It's incredible, and you try to cover up the taste with spinach and apple juice, and then you throw in a little bit of barley or something else, all right? Maybe brewer's yeast. Anyway, we looked at that every morning for a while. We'd look at it, and it looked back at us. And our parents would look at us and say, nothing. It would be drink it. Or else, that generation is going to do something for God. This generation, you know what happens? Here is, <clears throat> I, I don't want to make this too personal, but I literally, you go out of your way to purchase a child a drink. All right? Sun, Saturday morning, soul winning. <clears throat> I don't drink that. Okay, cool. We'll run to Bill Miller, and we're going to get some tacos. Who likes tacos from Bill Miller? Anybody that has cholesterol in their body loves tacos from Bill Miller. We go to Bill Miller, and we buy him some bean and cheese. Because bean and cheese from Bill Miller are incredible. If you haven't had them, you ought to go try some tonight. I'll put you out in time. <clears throat> we get the tacos in. It was a long time in the line, and they're sitting in the back seat. They didn't like the drink. And I say, fellas, I got y'all some bean and cheese. They didn't buy them. I don't eat bean and cheese. Okay. <laughs> You're the man. 
I eat steak. My parents would look at me if I didn't eat something. We choked down huevos rancheros. With other things, we, we, we used to eat tofu. Do you know what it did? It didn't hurt me. And it was good for me. The problem is this generation will do nothing for God because they have a boo-boo and can't come to church. Because we put preeminence on how we feel instead of this is principle. So here's my parents. They move here. And it was, you looked at them differently? Those were your parents? You did everything they said. You didn't question. I hear kids these days that questioned their own parents. To this day, my mom is 73, and I don't question my mom. I'm 43. When she says something, I still shake inside. When Pastor Bob talks to me, I'm doing this inside. There's a holy fear that comes from that. We got kids who aren't afraid of anything. They're not afraid of God. And this is what these people said. Hey, you know what? We're not going to walk therein. Well, you know, we have a problem. We're weak hearted. It wasn't that long ago. We'd wake up at about 530 in the morning. And I will not exaggerate. We had about an hour-long devotion, okay? About 20 people sitting around the table have an hour-long devotion. You know what it's like at 5.30 in the morning? We didn't fall asleep. You did not fall asleep. And then you ate your healthy breakfast, and then you had either dish duty for 20 people, they had a fork, a plate, and a cup, and you did it all month long. Or you swept the house, and that was your duty for all those people that dirtied up the place. You understand? And then you went to school. And we started school at 7.30 and got done at 3.30. And then you stayed at church because there was things. This was Monday. You got to go home. No, you did homework all day. Okay? And that's when homework was the real deal. We're talking about they wanted to see that you would be a scholar and a genius by 14. Because they weren't going to raise simpletons. They wanted to raise people that could stand before kings. That's what we ought to be raising. But we're not raising that. We're raising them just like the world. To, To be another product in society. How do you think humanism takes certain people out? It's because they don't know how to think. I remember Pastor Hank screaming up here saying, think on your feet, son. What do you mean? Think on my feet. I'm on my feet. And he'd go back to the book of Proverbs. And he said, Sunday, son, you're going to stand before kings. You've got to be able to think. Give them answers just like that. You think the average kid could do that nowadays? Ha. Huh. And what are we going to have? We're not going to have people that stand before kings. You see, then Tuesday rolled around. We didn't have very much time to get into trouble. I'll be honest with you. 
but we still found a whole lot of time to get into trouble because we were up early at 5.30 again to follow the same cycle to 3.30. Now, don't forget the load of homework. We used to take the book of Ephesians and we would write it forwards, backwards, forwards odd, forwards even, backwards odd, and backwards even. We could quote it just like that. Now, you say, you did that every week. You, we invented writer's cramp. <laughs> Absolutely. You could write the book of Ephesians in about that big on a piece of paper. I tried to do it on a grain of rice one time. Just kidding. <laughs> but that would be, that was our life. And then, and then Wednesday, we'd have quiz practice, right? And we didn't complain about, there was some times that somebody made some stuff and it was awful. It was awful. You know it's bad? They gave it outside to the dogs and the dogs wouldn't eat it. They turned around and ran. But you know what we didn't do? We didn't complain. We weren't allowed to complain. You know what we do? Every day. I told my boys the other day, I said, when we complain, we make ourselves weak. It's what we do. Man, show is hot outside. <laughs> Duh. Why do I have to say it? Why don't we say, wow, it's just cool in here. Feels really good. Man, I feel ill today. I think I pulled a hammy. You know what we do? Every day we complain about things. Different generation, right? Who came up with the greatest generation ever? <laughs> they did. Why can't this be the greatest generation ever? The strongest generation ever. It's what we ought to be. So it wasn't that long ago. And then on Saturday, you were at church all day long. And then on Sunday, all day long. We cleaned the church. It's what we did. But you know what? It was great. And it was fun. But yet, we can't even do our homework. We can't even make our kids do our homework. No wonder we're raising kids that won't do anything for God. My parents' sole goal and desire was for us to serve God. And pastor's sole desire was that every single person in the church would be a part of the ministry. He always used to say, son, my ministry is my whole life. That's what he'd say. He said, man, I want to be able to say that one day. My ministry is my whole life. Here's what we have. We have about 20% of the people in the church that do 90% of the work. Ask yourself this week, who did I serve? Do you know we're supposed to minister to everybody? It's everybody's job. Well, I'm here on vacation. Minister while you're on vacation. Uh, If you're sitting in the pew right now and you're living and breathing, you can have a ministry. Well, I ain't got no ministry. We're all called. We're all called to minister. You know what minister means? It means to serve, to serve. It ought to be, I, I, I walked by the nursery and uh, Brother Doyle Johnson and Miss Johnson in there just sacked out like this. <sighs> you don't have a reason to be tired. 
They ministered all day long. Man, it sure is hot. You ever wonder how many times they complain? You ever hear them complain? Do you think his hip hurts? He has one foot shorter than the other one. You ever notice that? A boot bigger than the other. Well, he don't feel pain. He feels pain. He just doesn't complain. Who did you minister to? This week, if we had, if we had someone who say, you know what? Uh, uh, ooh, <laughs> let's see, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. There shouldn't be a day that goes by that I don't minister to somebody, for somebody, Amen. whether it be in prayer or a text or something to encourage somebody. You say, well, I don't have any money. Hey, get saved and learn how to give like Saeed. That's what changed in that man. It did. He said, well, I'm going to do like Joe West. I'm going to get what I can, can all I get, and sit on the can. And you ain't going to have any friends. What are you doing that is ministry? Now, real quickly, before I get sidetracked, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. A weak generation. Starting in verse number 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part that he believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Verse number, chapter 7, having therefore these promises. What are these promises? Look back in chapter number 6. He says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And look at all these promises. And I will be their God. You want God to be your God? And they shall be my people. I want to be God's people. Where He said, come out from among them. What we've done is we've blended the lines with the church in the world. And there's no difference between my kids and their kids. Now, hold on a minute. We're going to go a little bit deeper. If there's a problem separating from the world, there is a problem. Okay? It's what the Bible says. You shouldn't have communion light with darkness. It's total different ends of the spectrum. But now, how about in a church setting? We have a bunch of good-looking young men down here. Well, two. <laughs> the other ones are asleep. All right? But you know, we got some college age in here. I can't tell them apart for nothing other than their face. But do you know, there was a young man in the Bible that prayed something. Let's go look at it. It's in Chronicles, First Chronicles. Now, if you ever can't sleep at night, this is the book to read. It really is. I'm thinking to myself, all these names and what's the significance and I understand you begat and you begat and you begat. And if you come down through the first chapter, there's a lot of begetting going on. And the second chapter... 
And this guy begets and beget. It could be a good rhyme. And chapter three. And then we come to chapter four. And if you just read the verses of chapter four, I'm going to try to read it. Okay, do not fall asleep because we're going to get somewhere. Now, imagine reading all the three chapters of the Chronicles and then the sons of Judah, Pharaoh, Hezron and Carmi and Hur and Shobal. And Rehi, the son of Shobal, begat Jahath, and Jahath begat Ahumai, and Lahad. These are the families of the Zorathites. And there, and there were of the father of Etam, Jezreel, and Ishmael, and Idbash. It don't matter what kind of voice you have. You understand? You could say, and the name. The Bible is app is really neat because it's dramatized. How do you dramatize this? And Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives. Whoa. <laughs> Hila and Nara, and uh, yeah, Nara, bear him, Ahuzam, bless you. And Hefer and Temini and Hashtar, these are the sons of. And this is how we read, right? And then. And Koz begat, I skipped one, you didn't even know. And Koz begat Anub and Zoba and the families of Hashem. Hold up. Verse number nine. And Jabez, wait a minute. He didn't say anything about all these other people. Then all of a sudden, he doesn't even tell us where this fella came from. No, no dad, no mom. What, who's he related to? And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Second Corinthians. Didn't he say he'd be a God? Uh-huh. To those people. Listen. And bless. Oh, let's see. Oh, oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, here we go. This is where we don't. It's easy to separate from the world, right? If you walk out in the world and they can't see a difference with you, there is a problem. It's an inner problem. Now we're talking about our church. Okay. You know what we've lost over years in time? Something called standards. Because standards became legalistic. And you were a Pharisee if you said, Ha, that dress is too short. That haircut, that hair, it's touching your ears. What's wrong with being sharp? Is there anything? Jabez was more honorable. You know what honorable means? Anybody? A strict moral code and ethics. Now, Come here. Come here. Come here. Wake up. Come here. Come here. He's tired, man. Working hard. Now turn around and face the crowd. Okay. Now, I'm not going to be ugly because your kid's up here. Okay? Promise. But if I'm looking for honor, honorable, Honorable. He was more honorable than his brethren. Now, what if we did this with adults? Okay? Picture yourself up here. You got Brother Hubbard, Brother Jenkins, Brother Tyrone. 
and Brother Nate Simpson. Yeah. Now listen, Jabez was more honorable than all his brethren. Now what did that mean? That means there was more honor in his speech, in his dress. Everything about him was more honorable. That caught God's attention. Now I couldn't tell you. How does he respond to authority? How does he respond to correction? Has he been taught? Has he been trained how to respond? Has someone taught him? Uh, I mean, he looks honorable. And I don't know. <laughs> how do I tell the difference? You know what? If you work with kids, you know what happens? You know where there's teaching and training going on. You can tell when a parent says, I'm going to teach you how to be thankful. Uh-huh. Go sit down. You three. Let's take a walk. Okay? You ever said that with your son or your daughter? Let me teach you how to be thankful. Okay? If someone gives you something, you show gratitude. You know why you show gratitude? You get more. <laughs> Hey, do you know why I like to give certain things to certain people? They're grateful. But if someone ain't grateful, guess what? Sayonara, see ya. You buy your own bean and cheese taco. But that's what happens. When you have somebody who's truly grateful, hey, thank you for doing that. Can I do anything for you? Uh, speaking of which, you could. And you tell them. Now listen, here's the difference. We're failing as parents because we're failing to teach just the basics. The basics of gratefulness and thankfulness. Now here's a young man, more honorable than all his, than his brethren. And, he mother, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, does that mean that she just had a hard time in childbirth? No, it could be that maybe her husband left her. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But you know what she did do? She taught him something. She taught him how to pray, right? What, what is our dream for our children? The first thing I would tell you, church, is dream right dreams. But dream big dreams. Dream right dreams, but dream big dreams. And don't ever stop dreaming. You know what, Brother Gentry's, what, 78, whatever? He's still dreaming. He's still dreaming. You know what the problem is? We've lost our dream. Well, I'm old. I'm 50. You ain't old. You're only old here. You say, how could God use me? I'm shut up in my house and I can't do a thing. God can show you. So here's Jabez, and he calls on the God of heaven, and God grants him a request. So his mother teaches him, hey, you were born with sorrow. You understand? You're coming from a low life. You're horrible. You're no good. But we have a good God. And guess what? When you pray to him, he'll answer your request. You know what she had? She had faith. He saw her faith. 
What does your kid see? Here's what happens. We're like, you know, I'm going to teach my kid. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. They learn everything from your life, not your lips. So we have a lot of people, do right, and they watch you, and you don't do right. Read your Bible, and you don't read your Bible. Pray, pray to God about everything. Walk by faith. And we live dupliciously without even thinking about it. So he's more honorable. He calls on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Y'all remember Miss Sutton? How many of y'all remember Miss Sutton? Every time Pastor Hank would tell a story and it was brutal, something, something would happen, she'd go, Oh, oh, oh my, oh my. <laughs> the whole time. Oh, 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 oh. She'd be in the audience saying that. When you say, Oh, is drawing attention to something. You know, we say, God bless me. Bless me. Uh, bless me. He said, oh, would you bless me indeed? It was a term. He, he wanted to get God's attention. And you know what God did? He grants him this request. He said, and enlarge my coast. I'm not talking about this way. Okay? None of us pray for that. Okay? That's more square footage and more at the buffet line. You know what enlarging his coast meant? Whether through war or whatever God gave him. You know war is a lot of work. You know what God did? God grants him the request and enlarge his coast. We want God to bless us, but to bless us our way. That's what we want. God, I need more money. (laughs) Yeah, because I'll give more. Sorry, got something in my throat. And that thine hand might be with me. Now listen. You know, when I, when I was a, a young father, I would tell my child, hold my hand. All right? Why did I tell him to hold my hand? There's security. I would keep him from running in the street, right? Not being behind a parked car. But I made them do something on purpose. I said, grab daddy's finger. Now, they could let go at any time. You know what he wanted? He wanted God's hand to be with him. He's desperately. What's our prayer for our family? Is it that God, you would be with my family? I want my boys to be missionaries. I want them to be pastors. No. I want him to be a professional baseball player because you ruined your career. Seriously, that's a dream. What's a dream for my kids? The world dreams dreams for that Brad right over there. Go sit down. You know why? Sharp, good look. Well, not good looking. But man, he could be a great salesman. The world's dreaming for your kids. And you're not even dreaming for them. He said that thine hand might be with me. When those boys let go, I was still there. How many times do we really want God's hand in our life? Have we even asked for it? Here's Jabez's prayer. Have your kids heard you pray for them? That's that's big. So have they heard you 
pray. He was more honorable in his speech and his dress. We have lost it in this generation because no one's teaching people how to dress anymore. It seems like where I go, I went to Summer Moon the other day, and I thought I was at the beach. No kidding. They come over from some workout place. Like, is that legal? I'm going to start carrying beach towels. I might be able to sell some. Maybe not. More honorable in convictions. More honorable in convictions. The dresses should not be shorter or lower. They should be longer and better. But yet, that's the old paths. No one's asking for that. I say bring it back. How about... More honorable in your giving. More honorable in your forgiving. We, we just can't be wrong anymore. We can't be wrong. Because it takes humility to be wrong. And we're so full of pride. Jabez was more honorable in his forgiving. He was more honorable in his speech, in his dress. He was more honorable in his faith. Where's our faith? That's the only way we can please God. Do your kids know that you are a family of faith? You know what you do? You do right. Here's the second one. If you're listening, not only dream big and dream right, do right by faith. Amen. Do right by faith. So many times we undo in doubt what we did in faith. And then we question, well, what's God in that? Do right by faith. He was more honorable in his faith. He was more honorable with his knowledge. More honorable in his integrity. And God grants him that which he requested. Sad part about it is, I see new converts with better standards than people in the church. That ought not to be so. You know, the Bible does say about older women teaching the younger women. That is a Bible command. And you know, if we don't keep God's commandments, I was just preaching to the little kids this morning. You don't keep God's commandments. We got to keep God's commandments. That's what this book is full of. But what we do is we pick and we choose and we're like, you know what? I don't need to be set apart. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. That means set apart. Do your kids know they're set apart for God? Jabez, I believe, knew that. And that thou wouldest keep me from evil. That ought to be our prayer. That it may not grieve me. And God granted that, him that which he requested. Third thing is, I got to remember it, is to do right by your kids teaching, and training. It is so true. Everything is a teaching moment. Everything is a teaching moment. It's not, even when you make a mistake, huh, especially when you make a mistake, they don't, they don't have to make it. If you have a child who's ready to receive instruction and you say, hey son, 
do you remember when I was changing that tire and it looked like there was ants in my pants? I'm sorry. I was mad. We're not full of humility. We can't apologize to our kids. Hey, let me teach you something else. Come here. Come here. I'm going to teach you. You know why we're grateful? Did you learn anything? (laughs) Nate. Come on, Nate. You get more. You know what happens with God? Yeah, do you remember? You remember now. How many times do we forget to thank God? He's like, you know what? I'm going to just shut it off for a little bit. Because he's not learning. I remember my kids, right? You're teaching and train the whole way. Son, hold my finger. He'd let go. He'd run right into the cash register or whatever. I told you. Hold my hand. Durr. That's not how you teach and you train. Right? Next time you get a helmet. Okay? Walk around. Hold my hand. I told you. Jabez wanted God's hand with him. Right? So everything is a teaching and a training moment. Do right by your kids. When they do wrong. I remember Jerry right back there. He was three three years old, since he's a little baby, had a temper, major temper. And I think Brother Ben Sullivan was giving him awards on the, on the, on the stage. And he was afraid. He's afraid of everything. And uh, he's right back there. I'm like, I'm down there negotiating. I was like the master negotiator. Son, this is what you, you got to go up there. I'm going to give you a big sucker, and then we'll be a happy family. I mean, Jerry, he was cute, big eyes, big chubby face. And he goes, no! <laughs> Boy, man, I picked him up, kindly. I picked him up, and we walked right out that door and never did it again. Okay? Partially embarrassment, all right? It was like everybody in the church, my kid will never do that. <laughs> Now wait till you have kids. You just want to get it when they're young, okay? When they're 14, like, no! Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening nowadays. Give me back my PlayStation. Come on. Everything's a teaching and a training moment. So you know what I learned right then and there? Jerry had a problem, and I had a problem. And that problem couldn't go on. Or else we're going to have Serious problems. Now, you as an individual, you, you, every single person in here should call on the God of heaven today and say, God, I need your hand. I need you to bless me indeed. And you know what? If we walk by faith, God will bless us. We don't, but we're always learning and training We have people 55 in here can't dream anymore. And you know what God wants to do? He wants to teach you something. Are you teachable? Are you teachable? Are you still dreaming? Brother Johnson is still dreaming. He was dreaming this afternoon when he was sleeping in the nursery. (laughs) What's your reason for being tired? 
Go sit down. He obeys. It's good. He just doesn't learn anything. And church, I'm telling you right now, if we got serious about our families, we would be at this altar praying to God that he would bless our families, that he would bless me. How bad do you want God's blessing in your life? We want God to enlarge our coasts, plural. We can't even walk by faith. We can't even pray. Have your kids seen you pray? Have your kid, your, they're learning more from your life than your lips. Do what I say. How many of us have said that? Do what I say, not what I do. Hypocritical. They're going to learn more from you. If you say church is important, church is the most important thing in my life, and you miss, not the most important thing. Your, your kids can look at you and say, liar. Dad, you lied to me. Mom, you lied to me. You said church was the most important thing, and you, you missed five times in a row because you had a headache. Now, it's personal because... We've all been there. Church ought to be the most important thing in your life. Have you given your kids to God? Have you given your family to God? Have you given yourself to God? Jabez already conquered all those things, and he said, God, I need you to bless me. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you do a work in our families, do a work in each and every heart. God, we need your blessing more than anything. This world is so wicked. God, we need your touch. We need to be more honorable. Even in a great church like this, God, I pray that you would bring some young men that would desire your blessing more than anything in the world. Some young ladies that would desire your hand to be with them. In Jesus' name.